Understanding and man, just know how it's coming to people. Thank you that all wisdom is found in you. saying that he's going to raise up um, in this from this house he's going to raise up a generation that knows how to father and mother their children well um, that's, that's good. I believe that the Lord is saying that there's going to be wisdom and understanding and parenting um, even in difficult situations and, and not knowing what to do but like what's going to be known from this place is going to be known that they're kids that were raised well with the wisdom of the Lord and the, and the person of the Holy Spirit as a teacher. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. We love you. So to those of you that have felt like parenting has been tough or difficult, there's wisdom and understanding in him. our time today. Thank you for the ability to gather freely. Thank you for the ability to gather freely and, and worship you. Thank you that you're the head. Thank you that you're the, the chief shepherd, the overseer of our souls. Thank you for knitting us together in love, Father, and that our faith and our love will spring forth and go forth from this place. we thank you for just uh, man just fashioning destiny in people's hearts we thank you that you are the one that's going to speak uh, destiny and purpose over people in this room in the name of Jesus man you know what every one of us were created for so father I thank you that you are speaking that over us in the name of Jesus we'll never live our lives purposeless ever again somebody as you sit down and thank our worship team. Give them a hand. <clears throat> welcome, welcome to Jesus Church. How are you guys today? Good? <clears throat> um, trying to think if we have any announcements today. Our potluck next week, we have, next Sunday after service, we'll have a potluck. Um, it's going to be a chili cook-off, so if you guys have a famous chili, bring it. If not, bring a dish to pass, a side dish. Um, but yeah, it's going to be cool. We have two, what are our awards? Our two awards? Million dollars. Best overall chili and most unique chili, that's what it is. Good call. So we'll have votes. Um, if you win, you get a free bowl of chili. <laughs> but, um, no, we'll have a prize for the winner. It'll be a good prize. So, John back there says, John, want to raise your hand? He says that he's going to win it. John, raise your hand. He's the one, yep. John's the one to come after. He's the one that says that he's got. I already have an chili. Oh, you already have an award-winning chili. Oh, yeah, you were back there talking smack last week. That's why. So, I figured. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, he's a Tom Brady of chilies, right? <laughs> no, 
No. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. It'll be fun next week. Um, I don't think we have anything else. I don't think there's any other. Um, well, actually, we're, we're, uh, we're beginning life groups next, week, next month. Um, we have some people that are starting life groups different. Some uh, couples life group. Um, we have, like, men and women's both. But uh, so if you're interested in that, just come talk to me or Tyler. Raise your hand, Ty. He can get you plugged in um, with a life group. But if not, you, uh, yeah, we have some people that are starting to lead. I mean, we have a couple of them all across Lansing. So it'll be cool if you want to get involved in one. Um, so today I wanted to get into a, um, or before I, before I mention it, if you didn't listen to last week, listen to last week what I said about politics, Right? Who was here last week? Raise your hand. It was good stuff, right? So, elections coming up. Vote godly. Don't vote for abortion, right? Don't. Yeah. So don't vote. Don't don't vote for. Don't vote for. Don't put people in office that are gonna um, make laws and uphold things that are ungodly. It's pretty simple. So, um, I might talk a little bit more about it next week. I don't want to. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Somebody's got to do it. Um, so we've been in this, in this time of just the secret place. Um, has, any, has anyone been blessed from just spending, spending time here the whole time you've been blessed? For just about? Some bad jokes from the pulpit. <laughs> Is that when Jared and Tyler were preaching <laughs> when I was gone? <laughs> yeah. Did you say a bad joke when I was gone? I didn't listen to what she's preached. When I was, I haven't listened to it yet. I trusted you. No. Um, man, I, I really, like I say, the reason that we've been spending so much time on the secret place is it's super important in, in, the, in the Christian walk. If we don't establish walking and knowing Jesus when nobody else is around, man, we're not going to make it in the long run. G, like a Sunday service, Jesus Church is not a supplement for your personal walk with Jesus. Right? You, you spending time with Jesus um, is is the pinnacle of Christianity. It's what he paid for. He paid for each and every one of us to know him when there's nobody else around. He paid for each and every one of us to know him in our walk, in our lives, in what we're doing in every area of our lives, not just a Sunday, right? Jesus did not pay what he paid and, and do what he did so that we could gather and spend our Sunday mornings different than the world, right? That, like, he, he paid so that we could have a relationship and intimacy with him and transformation will come from there. Does that make sense? So please, like, it's the reason I'm spending so much time on it is, like, there's other things I want to talk about and get to, but, like, if we don't have this established, man, then we're going to, you'll, we'll start to, here's the thing, we'll start to find our identity in what we're doing for Jesus, or we'll start to find our identity in coming to Jesus Church, we'll start to find our identity in being part of a life group, being part of Harvest, being whatever, all the things that we do, we'll start to find We'll start to feel, I mean, because it's amazing, and you'll be fed, and you'll encounter Jesus, and you're like, yes, that's awesome, but that's not the pinnacle of your relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? So I can't, I can't have us coming and being, coming here and saying, yeah, like, that's, that's the best there is, is what I'm saying, because that's, we'll, that's what will happen, is when we, when, we, when we believe that, you know, when we believe that we can't know Jesus personally, then we're reduced to just knowing him corporately. Does that make sense? When you really believe that, then you're reduced to just knowing Jesus corporately. And that's why we have midweek services in the church. Because people need another dose of Jesus because they don't know how to know him when there's nobody else around. And I'm not against midweek services, but that's, that's the reason why Wednesday night services usually came about. is because people needed another shot in the arm to make it through the week. Right? But we have to teach. That's why I'm saying is I'm trying to lay the foundation so that we know him when there's no one else around. So that your Tuesday and your Thursday mornings can be very, very fruitful. And I'm not against coming to doing the life group. I just promoted them, right? I'm not against, I'm not against being coming to church as much as you want, like, and, and doing things that are, that are with the family of the believers, but it, it's to come together and stir you up so that you see that, man, when I'm alone, I'm running my race and I'm coming together and I'm seeing Jared running his race well also, right? I'm seeing, like, the reason that Jesus is building a community here is because he wants to strengthen the people that are in the community. You understand, Jesus didn't need another church in Duet, right? He needed, he, he's trying to strengthen the people that are in this building to walk with him, to go out and be the kingdom wherever they're at. That's the goal of Jesus' church, right? 
And that's why, the, that's why like our heart as Jesus Church is we love the local church and we love community. We love the family that we've built here, but we see the need for it also, all, other places also, whether that be in your workplace or whether that be you know, across the state or across the country. There's a need for healthy local communities that are stirring people up to live like Jesus. But we're not looking for another church buildings. We've had enough of those. And I'm not against church, really, hear me. But do you guys see? It's, a, it's, it's very, very important for us to understand that. Because if we, if, we if we get deceived into thinking that Christianity is something other than knowing Jesus, then, man, we'll, uh, we won't make the main thing the main thing. And we'll be satisfied with just doing church. And I'm all for church, and I love it. Like, I love church. But I would, mu- I would much rather, I'm not going to say it like that. I'm all for church, but I, I really, this is why I'm spending so much time on it, is I, have, I want to establish you guys so that you know Jesus when, you know, I don't answer the phone. Or when you come to ch- church on Sunday and I don't preach on what you need. You know what I'm saying? So many times we come and we're like, like, and, and, and the Holy Spirit will start to speak through me and it'll bless, you know, Andrew's going through something that he needs about, like Jared said, about finances. Like, and that's a word from the Lord and that's amazing and that's why we gather but what if you didn't have a word? What if, you, what if it wasn't finances you were struggling with? But there's a well of wisdom in him when you're by yourself that you can get all your answers to, right? That's why, here's the thing. That's why a lot of people get hurt by church and they don't go back to church. It's because their walk with Jesus was based on the church. Right? So, like, something happens in church, a leader does something, and, and, like, and I'm not, like, obviously I'm completely against that. But, like, that's why people's relationship with Jesus crumbles in that place. Because they, they, they built their relationship with Jesus on a place they went, a leader that was teaching them, or whatever the case is, instead of a personal walk with Jesus. Right? Like I always say, the, the people that, I've, that have poured into my life that I love and they have, like, I've cherished them and they're pastors and leaders in my life, if they all renounce Jesus, they're like, it doesn't change me at all. You understand? If, if they went off into some crazy doctrines and didn't believe anything and whatever, nothing changes in my life because I know Jesus. You know what I'm saying? My life wasn't based on them. My, my life wasn't based on my pastor and my churches and my, my dis, even my mentors. If my mentors just walked away from the Lord, I have a problem. I really know Jesus when there's no one around. So I can't walk away from somebody that I really know, regardless of what you say you, you believe now. Right? That's why a lot of people that, like, stand up and say, oh, I, I don't really know if I believe in Jesus anymore after 45 years of church or whatever they say. Leaders say that, which is insane to me. It shows you that they never really knew him in the first place. They might have sung a lot of really good songs about him, but they did not know him. Because if you would never walk away from somebody that you know and you've walked with and encountered personally. Right? I can never say that my wife doesn't exist. I live with her and I know her. Right? Like, Brian can come and tell me what Taya did, something, whatever. He can be like, hey, saw Taya, I don't know. She, yeah, she stole a car. She jumped in a Tahoe and stole it. Right? And I would be like, like, he could be like completely adamant and have 45 other people that told, told, told me the same thing, but I know Taya. She hates Tahoes. <laughs> she does. Maybe a Subaru Outback, but not a Tahoe. Right? Maybe a minivan. <laughs> I keep talking. Did I say that last week about minivans? Oh, I'm getting one for sure. I can't wait. We only have two kids. And Taylor's like, we only have two kids. We don't need a minivan. I'm like, we need a minivan. I, I, I need to pull up and hit that button, and then the door just open. That's what I need in my life today. No, I won't work at it. See? Honda Odyssey. That's me. Every time we see it, I'm like, can't wait. Time's coming. But, uh. Right, but, but I know Taya. I know her more than any of you guys will ever know her. So I'm not gonna, I would never let what Brian says dictate what I, what I believe about her because I walk with her and know her and live with her. Does that make sense? So it's very important for you to know Jesus and not just know about him. That's my goal in Jesus Church is to push you to his feet and push you to a relationship with him. That's why if I am building people to where they're, they're sustained and um, yeah, sustained and nourished by what I say, then I'm not doing a super good job as a father, right? If I'm a dad that's teaching my son to where he's completely dependent on me his entire life, then I'm not a very good dad, right? 
I have to teach my son to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, to be dependent on Jesus, because one day he's going to walk out of my house, and I'm not going to be there to make the decision, right? Think about this. A lot of times we think maturity, or here's what we think. Let's just say in the, in the, in the realm of your kids, you're raising your son, and he's 10 years old, and there's a decision that needs to be made, and he comes and asks you the decision, and he's like, hey, Dad, what, what would you do right here? We're just like, wow, this kid's really learning. Like, he's really, he's really like, mature, and he's, like, he wants to know the truth, and I'm not against that. But if my son's 18, 19, 20, and he's still asking me about, hey, like, what would you do in every situation? Then he's not, I haven't created him to be mature by himself. Does that make sense? He should know. It's so funny, like, when I hear a baby cry, I know if it's my baby or someone else's baby. Like, you got, and moms and dads know that. But, like, I remember there was a baby crying. I didn't even pay any attention to it in church. And I was like, but then when Stella cries, she's got lungs on her. But I sleep right through it. It's crazy. <laughs> I do. But I'm on valor duty. So, like, if valor cries, I wake right up. It's weird. I don't know why. But I'm trying to build in valor. I'm trying to build in my son a... Yes, I'm, I'm okay with fathering him and teaching him the right way, but I want him to be able to make the decisions and, and seek the Lord and, do, and make the right decision from what I've taught him. I don't want to create him dependent upon me 25 years down the road, right? And that's the same way in Christianity is like the church is called to build and, and shepherd and obviously teach people along the way, but I want you guys to be um, independent, that's a terrible word, dependent upon the Holy Spirit and not me right? We always say independent. That's a really, like, you'll never be independent, right? Jesus never outgrew his need for the Father. Jesus never out, Jesus was never independent of the Father anymore. He never got to a place where he was so mature that he didn't need God anymore, right? So as, as a leader, that's what I'm trying to do in the secret place and in this, um, in this mindset and, and culture that we're building here is I'm trying to create in you a dependency on the Lord, a dependency on him when there's nobody else around. Does that make sense? Is there any questions on that? Look at John chapter 8. I'm going to, it was funny that we sang that song first there. Um, this is what I felt like the Lord kind of spoke to me in pre-service prayer. Um, I was just thinking the worst thing possible that could happen right now is if I saw a big buck walk out of that woods right there, I would think the rest of the time on how to kill him. And I would not be able to preach. I was just like looked out there. I'm like, what if I saw a big buck walk right there? I'd be thinking like, what's the wind direction? How am I going to kill that deer when you guys all leave this place? That's where I'm at. <clears throat> okay. Um, it's funny that we, we sang that song first right there. Um, because Jesus, it says, the, the first line of that song, he's like, light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. And it's crazy that what Jesus did when he came is Jesus came as the light of the world to show you, not just that you were living in darkness, but show you what the truth was. Right? You don't know the truth until you know the truth. Once you know the truth, you'll never believe a lie. Right? You don't know that you're believing a lie until the light comes. It's so crazy because in our personal walks with Jesus, we have to see this, that the fact that things are illuminated to you proves that there's light and conviction in the Holy Spirit's work in your heart. Right? Let's say that you make a mistake. Let's say that you, you, you fail, you sin in an area, and immediately you're like, man, what the heck did I do? Right there, that's light and conviction. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. There's light in your life. Praise God for light. Because if not, you would walk off into complete oblivion with no, like, and this is what's crazy. I can't get into that. But praise God for light because if you didn't know, if you didn't have light in your heart, if the Lord wasn't shining the light on areas, then you would, you would never know. That's what we think. We think that, like, we have to be the ones that work on ourselves and change ourselves and transform ourselves. But it's, that's not the case. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you would never know anything. There's so many times where I'm doing something and the Lord just speaks to me. He's like, Hey, that mindset right there, I'm like, holy cow. There was multiple times I literally sat there driving in my truck. I'm like, dude, if I didn't have you, I don't, like, 
I, I would have just went, I would have just went on just doing that the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I went and preached, I went and preached for my buddy in Holland and I left and I was like, man, Lord, something wasn't right in what's going on. He's just like, he's like, you were, you were preaching aware of yourself and thinking about yourself and trying to be good at what you're doing instead of blessing people. And I was like, holy cow, you're so right. And I didn't realize that. Like I'm there and I want my, I want my friend to like, I want him to be blessed by what I'm sharing and I want his people to be blessed. But in a roundabout way, it was all about me, right? Being a good preacher, being whatever I am. And it's like, if I didn't have, I, I just remember driving, I'm like, man, Lord, if you didn't teach, if you didn't share that right there with me, I would live my whole life thinking like that because I didn't understand that I was thinking like that because the light came and now when the light flipped on, I saw everything in the room and I'm never going to say, oh yeah, that's not true. And, like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to believe that lie again. You know what I'm saying? So now when I stand up with a microphone, I'm going to look at the situation and go, wow, I'm really thankful he shared that with me because I'll never share, I'll never preach the same ever again. Does that make sense? That's, that's what we have to see is any bit of light or any bit of understanding in your heart is the work of the Holy Spirit and he's, it's transformation. Because once the Lord shines the light in the area, there's, man, I remember the Lord showed me this picture of Jesus Church one time. He's like, Dylan, this is what you're doing. As you walk in a room with, with what we're doing here, He's like, you walk in the room and you flip the lights on and there's nowhere for the enemy to go. He's like, and I saw these like, these like, these things that were like lies. They were like people standing there, but they were like, they were lies that people were believing. When the light's on, there's nowhere for them to hide. When it's dark, they can hide, right? It's a room full of nothing. But when you flip the light on, there's nowhere for you to hide once, the, once you see. Does that make sense? So once you see a truth, you'll never believe a lie anymore. Once you see the truth, you'll never believe the lie anymore. And as long as you believe a lie, you'll always be in bondage. Right? As long as you believe a lie, you'll always be in bondage. <clears throat> so I saw this when we sang that. This is because the scripture the Lord gave me was right here in, in John chapter 8. And I mean, a lot of us know this scripture. Jesus says, Verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So Jesus, what we saying there, Jesus stepped down into a dark world. And he opened our eyes to see the truth in the light. Like Jesus is light. Let me just make it simple for us. Like, because a lot of times I think we feel like, or at least I do, we say that, like, we sing that song, you're the light of the world, Jesus is the light of the world, we're the light of the world now that Jesus is in us, which is amazing if we understood that. But there's darkness on the earth, and there's darkness in the world, and there's darkness on each and every one of us before the light came. So what sin did was it brought darkness and deception and, and a mindset that was never fruitful. This is what we have to see in our walk with Jesus is everything that you ever thought apart from Jesus and everything you were ever trained in before you knew Jesus was a complete lie and deception. It's not just some things, everything. There's everything. If you read the Beatitudes, what Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 5, all the time he says, you say, but I say. You say, but I say. You say, but I say. And he's showing you that he's saying the way that you say and the way that you think is not what I think and what I say. And he's the answer and he's the truth. Right? So, so, so Simon, because of Adam and the original sin, Simon is born a sinner, born in darkness. Right? We sing Amazing Grace all the time. I was blind, but now I see. Right? Simon was born in, in darkness, born in sin, and then when the light came... The light came and showed him who he was, repentance and change in his heart. The Lord transformed his heart, made his spirit brand new, made him alive on the inside, made him born again. But if Simon's not careful, he can still think the same way. He can still think the same way that he's always thought his entire life. This is why it's important. This is a key I want to show in this kind of walk in the secret places. Apart from, apart from us giving ourselves to understanding and truth in the secret place, the Lord, like, the Lord has nothing for us to work with. Let me say it this way. If Simon, Simon can give his heart to Jesus and experience the freedom and the transformation from sin, 
the, trans, the, the forgiveness of sins, the transformation. But if he doesn't give himself to an understanding of the way that Jesus thinks now, then he'll never experience the fruit of what happened to him. Does that make sense? Just think about this, okay? How do I say this? Right, so Simon before, let's say Simon and Bailey right now, he, they just got saved, you know, three weeks ago, okay? He's been, how long have you guys been married? Two years, right? So Simon lived two years of his life outside of Jesus if he got, if he got saved three weeks ago. He, he heard the gospel. He heard what Jesus did for him. He heard the transformation that's available in Jesus, and he heard the forgiveness and the freedom that comes when you believe in him. Jesus took all the sin of Simon that he's ever done and washed it away, made his heart brand new, made him alive. Simon will go on living the same, even though his heart's, his heart's alive, he, if he's not careful, he'll go on living the way that he's always lived with his wife and not let Jesus transform his mind. Do you see that? Right, let's say that Simon and Bailey, like, just mindsets that he had in his walk with Jesus, or walk, mindsets he had in his life before his, he started walking with Jesus, will start to creep in because there's a transformation of your mind that has to happen. His heart can be completely transformed, right? Let's say whenever Bailey, what do you want to do that makes Simon mad? What do you do that makes Simon mad? No, right? Bailey never makes the bed. Simon's a neat freak, right? <laughs> Simon is a neat freak, right? And it's like, so Simon used to just simple, simple, simple thing, Okay. He might not have yelled at Bailey, he might not have got mad at Bailey, but he's just simple, simply getting frustrated with her every morning because she never makes the bed, and he's the one that leaves early in the morning, comes back at night, it's never made, right? That mindset can just be super normal. It's not a big, like, not a big deal, right? He gets born again. He can continue in that mindset without realizing that his heart, his heart has been changed, and that's not the nature of Christ in him anymore. I'm going to really make this simple. Without the light of the Holy Spirit in Simon's life, he'll go on the rest of his life living that way. But if you put Jesus in that situation, Jesus would never have got frustrated with Bailey. And he's the truth. Right? There's so many other ways for us to just talk to Bailey about her not making the bed and just literally just walking through it with somebody, simple and humbly, instead of just being bitter in your heart and frustrated. Because Simon could have a super bad day and that thing can just trigger him, and now there's this big fight, and now I'm sitting down with a counseling matter with him and her, and he's like, I don't know what's going on, and the whole problem really isn't about the bed. It's about Simon not, not realizing and walking out truth and not letting Jesus impact every area of his life. Does that make sense? So, but Simon's heart and his, and his new nature is to walk out, walk out patience because it's the fruit of the Spirit. So look at Romans chapter 12. So in that situation, if Simon, let's say Simon comes to church every single Sunday for 20 years, and I never preach on that specific scenario in his life, how is he ever going to know what Jesus would live like in, the, in a situation where he gets frustrated? He would never know it, apart from his walk with Jesus. Do you see that? I might preach on forgiveness, I might preach on healing, I might preach on deliverance, I'm, whatever, I, I might preach on all these things, but... That specific scenario, apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, will never get addressed in Simon's life unless, unless he says it straight to me or unless the Holy Spirit brings it up. Because this, this is what the Lord does in, in your walk with him when you let him. Is he wants to come into his life where Simon comes into the bedroom and he just sees the thing and immediately he's frustrated. He's like, man, this woman never makes the bed. He goes, I don't know. It's just, it's a simple thing. It takes how many, how long, right? 30 seconds. And he's like, and if the Lord, if the Lord doesn't give you an opportunity to say straight there, right there, he'll just be like, that might, what, and it's not just like, hey, Simon, stop being an idiot. That's not how the Lord speaks, right? It's just a simple, like, how do I say this, Lord? It's like a simple nudging in your heart to where it's like, huh? Yeah, a prompting is a good way to say that. It's a simple prompting in your heart to where Simon can look at a situation. He'll start to feel a frustration coming. 
and the Lord will just address that prompting in his heart. But if Simon doesn't let, say, okay, Holy Spirit, what's going on? Or sit down with the Lord and say, why am I getting frustrated about this? Then there's no, because the light is trying to shine on the situation, but Simon has to open the door and let it come in. Does that make sense? That's why what you think and the way that you think is super important. And that's why, that's why in your secret place with the Lord and letting, not just the word, but letting the Holy Spirit speak to you is super important. Because apart from that, you'll never know truth. Apart from looking at the life of Jesus, you'll never know it. Right? I was, when we were singing this song, I was just thinking, I'm like, man, Jesus, like, like the line in there is my favorite line. But it's like, beauty that made this heart adore you. And it's like, I saw something in Jesus that wasn't what I was living and it made my heart draw towards it. And everybody else has been the same way. Like you saw something in Jesus that you're like, I don't have or I want. And it drew your heart towards him in that area, right? And it's like, Jesus didn't just show up and just say, hey, everybody needs to worship me. He, he showed up and, this is crazy. God didn't just send, God didn't just say, hey, this is the way that you're supposed to live, Simon. Now go do it. Believe in me and go do it. Jesus shows up, lives a life in front of everybody, right? He says, I am the way, the truth. So that means the only truth that's ever found is in him. He lives a life in front of people just humbly and simply. He never says, hey, I need you to do all these things. He's like, this is the way that I live. And then in his living, it convicts the way that you live. Now you have a choice to either repent and believe what he says about you and let him do that same work in you or just continue living the same way. That's why your life convicts people. Because the way that you live should be the way that Jesus lives in every area so that people may see your, your, yeah, your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, Right? I was just trying to see the first part. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine before men. Right? But there's no light in you apart from him. And this is, where I'm, this is what I'm saying is Simon can, Simon can live the rest of his life feeling condemned that he gets frustrated with his wife or he can let light come in and transform his mind. Most of us just say, well, I'm not living up to where Jesus calls me to live up to. You're not going to unless you let him do it. You're not going to do anything in Jesus apart from his working in his grace. You understand, if Simon could just be a better dude and be a better Christian and just love people better and love his wife better, then he wouldn't need Jesus. Right? Like Paul says it, he goes, if, he goes, I don't set aside the grace of God, Galatians chapter 2, 20, or 19 and 20. Or 20 and 21, somewhere right there. For if righteousness comes through the 21, if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. That's pretty bold to say that to Peter who watched Jesus get, get betrayed and watched him get raised from the dead. He's saying if, if your right standing with Jesus, not even just your right standing, but your ability to walk out righteousness comes through the law, through your ability to do it, then Jesus didn't need to die. That's a bold statement that, Pe that Paul said to Peter. Right? Because he, because I mean, like he watched what he watched him get taken, right? He might not have been there at the cross, but he sure watched him get taken. And he's saying he's like, if 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 you can be what Jesus has called you to be apart from him, then he didn't need to do what he did. It's a bold statement. That's the Bible. The Bible makes some pretty bold statements. You ever notice that? Makes some pretty bold statements. Go to Romans chapter 12. Is there any questions on that? You understand, this is why the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a, a ticket to go to heaven. I say it all the time. Because if, you, if it's a ticket to go to heaven, then Simon's in. Because he believed. Right? I remember I was watching this interview with Elon Musk. And they, uh, they were talking to him about Jesus. 
And he said, he's like, if Jesus is doing great things, Elon Musk said this, he's like, if Jesus was doing, if he's doing great things and helping people, I'm not going to get in his way. And they're just like, so like, you, like, do you, like, you agree with him and like, believe in him? He's just like, I mean, I'm not going to get in his way. And they're like, oh, well, then you're in. And I'm like sitting there like, man, I wish you would just shut your mouth. So many people preach the gospel like that. Because it's just like, oh, as long as you believe, the demons believe in Jesus. And shudder at his name. Right? Because it's not a ticket to go to heaven. Right? It's not like, oh, sweet, now Elon Musk, you're in. We're going, like, when the train comes, you get on board because you'll have your ticket. The gospel is knowing Jesus and, and becoming him or becoming like him and walking with him. It's not just a ticket to go to heaven one day. It's a life lived with Jesus. Right? Because if, if Elon Musk said it, yeah, I'm going to take on what Jesus took on. I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection. Then I need to identify with his death, burial, and resurrection in my own life. And let, let everything that I was before Jesus die and everything that he is now resurrect in me. Because it's, it's not just a, yeah, I'm going to raise my hand in a dark room with every eye closed and every head bowed. That's done way more damage to the body of Christ than I believe a lot of things. Because here's the thing. Is people, people sincerely want Jesus, but they think that that's the pinnacle of where they're at with Jesus. So then they're saying, okay, well, I believe in Jesus, and I, want, I identify, and I believe in his, and Sarah can, can I, I'll just speak for myself. I, I sincerely believed in Jesus with that mindset, right? I sincerely believed in Jesus with the mindset of I did not want to go to hell, and I want to go to heaven. Right? But I knew he died, and I knew he died for me, and I'm just like, well, you died for my sins. That makes, I mean, I don't know why you would do that, just because you want me to go to heaven one day. So I'm like, I, I, I believed and was born again according to that, to that truth. But I didn't, I didn't understand the fact that now, well, in that moment, the Lord put a new heart in me and a desire to live godly, but there's no way for me to do it. That's what's crazy. Because of a lack of understanding, I was, I was deceived and lived a life that was not godly because of that. Because I didn't realize, and I'm just like, well, maybe I'll make, and then you're living your whole life hoping you're in or out because you're not really walking it true. You're not really living it well. Anyone ever live there? Right? Because there is no power and there's no transformation. There's no freedom. If Jesus moved into my house, it's not like he's just going to kick his feet up and say, well, I'm glad you let me in. Right? Think about it. Jesus is not just going to sit there and, and, and watch the way that I live in areas that aren't fruitful. Right? Because if, if, I'm, if, if, if I'm ungodly with my wife, it's not just because the Lord's like, oh, that's ungodly and that's sinful. No, it's hurting me, hurting my wife, hurting my kids. It's hurting everything around me. And he sees what sin's doing in my life. Does that make sense? So Jesus doesn't just kick his feet up in my house and just say, well, praise God you prayed the prayer. Right? So when I invite him into my house, he's gonna, I, want, I want him to take his light and shine it in every single room because I want to look like him. Right? When I understood that, I was like, holy cow, the desire for me to live godly is from you and the power to do it is because of you. So all I have to do is just let you do it. Right? It's not, I don't have to sit here and strive to be made right. I don't have to sit here and strive to not walk out righteousness. I just have to let you do it on my behalf. Because here's the thing. If Simon in any situation, in any way in his life, are you texting? In any way of his life, I'm just playing. I know you're taking notes. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm taking notes. In any area of his life that he could live a little bit of godliness, then Jesus didn't need to die. Because this is what will happen one day in the future. We'll look at Simon's life, and Jesus, it'll be all laid out before him, and everything that he is now will be shown, and it'll be like, wow, Jesus transformed Simon's life in all these other areas. But man, in his, with him being frustrated with his wife because she didn't make the bed, he did that in his own strength. So we're going we're gonna to go down, the, think about this. So we're going to go down the line, we're like, wow, you know, delivered from his lifestyle of sin. Jesus, wow, you're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you for changing his life. Thank you for forgiving him for his sins. Unforgiveness and, and bitterness towards his wife because she doesn't, she doesn't make the bed. Well, that wasn't Jesus. That was Simon's own good effort. Simon, would you stand up so we can all clap for you? It's funny. 
right? We laugh about it, but that's exactly what we do when we say that we can do it in our own strength. It's really good preaching. I'm setting you free. Because here's the thing, a lot of us look at areas of our lives where we want to see transformation and change, and it seems like a really tall task, but it's not. It's just submission and sincerity on your heart, in your heart. Right? I remember the Lord, I asked him, I said, Lord, how come it takes a long time for transformation? And it feels like the transforming takes, everyone says it takes, well, it's going to take a long time. Well, I'm just renewing my mind. Well, I'm just, all the stuff that people say. I'm like, why does it take, I feel like it, I feel like it shouldn't take a long time. And the Lord just said, I can tell you where I was sitting when the Lord told me. Like, it was the greatest. He just says, Dylan, it doesn't have to take long. It just takes sincerity. Transformation doesn't have to take long in your life. It just takes a sincere heart. Now, some people take a long time to get sincere. And that's the problem. They'll try it, try it, try it, try it, try it in their own strength. Work it, work it, condemn themselves. Be All these things that I've done in my life, I get to the point where I'm like, man, there's no way that I can, I can live this life. Or I can do what you're calling me to do apart from you. And I just get, I'm like, Lord, I just really need your help. I get sincere and humble, and the Lord just does it really quickly. And I'm like, wow, it takes a long time for transformation. It took me three years. No, it took you three years to get sincere, and it took you like a blink of an eye to get sincere, and the Lord transformed you in a moment. Sorry. But here's the thing. So look at this. Simon can get sincere, and the Holy Spirit can say, hey, why are you getting frustrated with her? She's not trying to frustrate you. In one moment, why are you getting frustrated with her? She's not trying to frustrate you. And you can go be like, yeah, she's not, she doesn't even know about it. And I'm the one that's getting frustrated with her for no reason at all. That right there is light. That right there is truth. That right there is transformation. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Simon can see it as to go, holy cow, Bailey's not even trying to frustrate me. And I'm getting frustrated about the simplest, stupidest things. He's like, man, Lord, I don't want, like, how many times did you just make my bed when I did something stupid? You know what I mean? And he can just be simply in his heart and say, man, Lord, I don't, like, that light just came on a, on a mindset that I don't want. And all he has to do is, is repent, which is changing your mind. Repentance is a change of mind. It doesn't have to take long. It just takes sincerity. And in the moment, he can say, man, Lord, I, I want to love my wife and just serve her well. Even if I have to make the bed the rest of my life, I want to live like you. Because I know that if you lived here, that's what you would do. Here's what happens. Simon can have the same thought the next day, but now because he sees light, he'll not be, he won't believe what's trying to, to, to tell him who he is. Right? He can see the bed, and immediately the thought will come, but because of the light in his life, the light is already exposing the darkness. Right? Because he'll never, he'll never believe that mindset again unless he actively chooses to believe it. Does that make sense? So Simon can go, yeah, I understand that, God, but things aren't just, and that's what a lot of us have done, is saying, I understand that that's the truth, but look, I'm sick of it. She doesn't do it. And then you start rattling off all the other stuff she doesn't do. But in that area, Simon's either going to have to look directly at the lie and believe it, or he's never going to believe it again. He's gonna, but he knows it's not truth because of the light. Because when the light comes, you'll never believe a lie ever again. Man, I'm really preaching really well. Does that make sense? In a, in a very simple matter, and I'm not trying to be prideful when I say that. I just, like, I, I want so bad for us to see this. <clears throat> I'm a terrible preacher apart from Jesus. <laughs> I've tried it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying with uh, Simon getting to heaven, and then, you know, he, he did things in his own strength. And yeah. Then we, fall down and worship him. Um, <laughs> this is from Arthur Burt. It says, if only half the work is God's, then only half the credit is God's. But if all the work is God's, then all the glory is God's. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, that's cool. That's why we sang it. All the glory is his, right? Whew, that's expensive. Drop right there. It's like dropping a touchdown in an NFL game. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Is there any questions on that? Ravens win last week? Did they beat Tom Brady? Oh, dang. Handily? Man, you guys might be on it this year, dude. I was, give, I was eating lunch with Andrew one time, and there was, it was in the summer. 
<laughs> do you remember that? There was NFL on the TV. I said, oh, and it just, they just went to, they were going to each team, and I saw the Ravens change. I said, oh, dude, Lamar Jackson just got hurt. And pre- no, he didn't. He's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> I'm like, you guys would be done if Lamar Jackson got hurt. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And this is the verse I want to really just hone in on. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind, not by self-help books. Right? Christians look for so many areas to be transformed in their lives because they're neglecting the transformation of their mind. Right? We, that's why we look for all the other areas. That's why Simon comes up and asks for prayer so that he doesn't get frustrated with his wife because he doesn't want to transform his mind and think a, a different way. He doesn't want to repent, which is transformation. Right? That's why, that's why we have all these other areas in, the, in, in Christianity, not just the world, but Christianity, trying to find transformation. When the Bible says that two areas, they say you're transformed by the renewing of your mind and you're transformed by beholding Jesus because when you see him, you see that you're not like him and now you have to repent. The transformation in the Christian life is, is in your mind. <clears throat> because Simon, in a moment, is never going to be holier than he is when he believes in Jesus. Think about this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 or 23, somewhere right in there. That Jesus presented you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Through the body of his flesh, he presented you holy, blameless, and above reproach. So with the sacrifice of Jesus in one moment, he washed away your sins. And if he washed away your sins, then there's no sins left. So in a moment, he makes him righteous. He makes him pure in a moment. You'll never be more pure and more righteous than you were when you believed in Jesus. But now in the pursuit of of walking out purity and walking out holiness, you have to transform your mind to see it walk, to see it to see the fruition in the fruit in your life. Does that make sense? That's why Romans chapter 6 says righteousness produces its fruit to holiness, not the other way around. Right? Andrew doesn't sit here and live holy, and now the Lord gives him righteousness. Righteousness in his heart, in his transformation, the desire for, to live holy now comes out of that place. But he has to let it happen. Like I said, the Lord changed my life because I believed in him. I did not understand that I could live, I could live free and holy because of righteousness. No one ever taught me that. I wish they did. Right? So right here he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That word conformed means shaped and molded or shaped and poured into a mold. Right? Because, And here's the thing. If you don't, how do I say this? You're going to be shaped and molded by something, regardless of whether you want, it, want to or not. The renewing of the mind is, is, your, is, is our job. The renewing of the mind is, let me say it, not like, it's not like that. It's not our job. Giving ourselves to be transformed and renewed is our job. The, the, the power to be transformed and renewed is the Lord's job. Roman, or, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 talks about, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. Grace is the power of God. Faith is our job. So Simon, in that little scenario, his job is when that, when that light comes and shines in an area, his job is to give himself by faith to the transformative power of God to where he'll never think that way again. I can't tell you the amount of times where I'm, okay, we're, the, the, the scenario where I was preaching, I'm just driving. I'm like, Lord, I never, or wherever I was, maybe I wasn't driving, but I'm like, Lord, I don't ever want to teach like that ever again. Like, I see it for what it is right now, but I never want it ever again in my life. But that thing won't come if I don't get alone with the Lord and ask him what's going on. That thing won't come if I'm not, if I don't know him when there's no one else around. If I don't respond to my heart knowing that he wants to transform my life and he lives in my house to clean it up. Right? 
So I'm just like, Lord, I don't ever want to think like that. I don't ever want to preach like that. I want my heart to be pure. So just help me to see it and help me to never give myself to that ever again. Right? And I can stand up and do the same. I can stand up with the same thought process of, hey, you know, you should have tried to impress Tyler right here with what you're about to say. But because I see the truth, I'm not going to give myself to it. Does that make sense? Because the light has come, I'm never going to believe that lie that, lives in, that lived in that room ever again. Right? Because I, I can just sit there and go, when, when I'm about to stand up here and preach, if I'm just like, if we're in worship and I go, you know, hey, we should try to, I don't even know what that lie would even sound like. But I just had the thought of just like, man, you, you should, like, I'm sure Steve would be impressed by what you say right here. I can just say, man, like, because I see the truth, all I have to do, and I know Jesus, and he lives in me, and I live with him, all I have to do is say, man, Lord, I don't ever have to give myself to that ever again. I'm thankful that I'm here for people, and I'm here because, because people, I've been gifted to preach because of people's hearts, and you want people to walk in, in your truth, right? So the, the light in my life is now fighting my battle against darkness. It's not my striving. So guys, this is what I want to share. Is in any situation, in any area of your life where you feel like there's conviction or you just feel like something's not right, let's say that you see something in Jesus' life but you don't see it in your life, all you have to do is get alone with the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, what is going on in my life that is keeping me from experiencing peace, that is keeping me from experiencing life, that is keeping me from experiencing joy, that is keeping me from experiencing connection, that is keep, whatever the case is that you see, all you do is get alone with the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, would you show me? It might be you reading scripture. It might be a message that you heard. It might be coming together. But if you don't get alone with him and let him transform the way that you're thinking and let him speak those truths to you, then you'll continue to live on not even understanding why it's like that. I can't tell you the amount of times where I'm just like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Like, I don't know why I'm like... I feel rushed or I feel anxious or I feel worried. But then when I sit down and talk to the Lord, he, I just have like a memory come off of like, remember when you started to think like this in the morning? Yeah, that carried on all the way throughout the day. And I'm like, holy cow, you're right. I didn't realize that. And I'm like, why did I start thinking like that? Because you don't think, like Jared said, you don't think that you're, he's going to come through for you financially. So now you've been taking on this burden, living a lifestyle of worry when the Lord's not calling you to it. In those moments, that's when you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. But that transformation isn't going to come if you don't take the time to be sincere and diligent in it. And that's what I mean by the secret place is the most important thing. It's because Simon can have that decision and that mindset with his wife, and he can choose to let Jesus transform him. And you guys might never know, but, but Simon knows. Simon knows that the Lord spoke to him. Simon knows that the Lord gave him an understanding. And Simon, Simon knows that the Lord transformed his heart in that moment. So now Brandon can come and say, well, Jesus doesn't really exist. And he works with Brandon, or he works with Simon. Brandon can be like, oh, Jesus doesn't really exist. Simon's like, yeah, well, he's already been transformed in my life, so I have a hard time believing that. Because of what he knows, not because of where he goes on Sundays. Right? Because of who he knows when there's nobody else around. Man, guys, when you see this, when you, see, when you see this truth right here, you'll start to feel, you'll start to see and experience God so much more during, your, during your, your week, and you'll be so thankful and so looking forward to time with him because his revelation, his light, and his conviction in your heart is starting to bring forth fruit in your life, and that's what we're all looking for. You guys aren't hypocrites sitting here, or you were drug here, maybe, but probably not. Is there any questions on that? And I'm going to finish with that. Yeah. Exactly, right? Like she said, for those of you who didn't hear, like she said, like Paul is a perfect example of that because Paul is zealous for God. He writes about it. He goes, I was zealous for God, just not according to knowledge, right? He had a heart for God. He just didn't know him. 
is what he's saying. I had a heart for, I had a heart for God. I just didn't know him. And in my not knowing, I was actually trying to kill Christians, right? So then Jesus shows up, blinds Paul to show you a picture of what it looks like, and then opens his eyes to the truth and the understanding of who he is, right? He says, who are you? And he says, or he says, who are you, Lord? He's like, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. Then he gets to know him, and then he starts to live a life according to the gospel and according to who Jesus has called him to be. But you understand, the mindset of Paul was keeping him in bondage even though his heart wanted Jesus or wanted God, but Jesus was God, and he was persecuting the wrong. It's crazy. But like you said, it's a perfect picture because your heart can be for what you're desiring, but your mind, like, that's why Christians can live their life with a pure heart, but their minds are thinking contrary to the gospel, thinking contrary to the kingdom. There's a thinking that can keep you from, from experiencing the freedom that Jesus has just because of your thought process. That's why, like, I just, like, w- with what I'm closing with, I just want to leave you with, like, you need to think about what you're thinking about. Right? Like, in, in, in every area of your life, like, and I always say emotions are a good indicator. You don't live by them, but they're a good indicator of, of what you're thinking. Because emotion, emotions are a byproduct of the thought process. Right? If you feel anxious, you're thinking anxious somewhere. Right? Same way if you feel joy, you're probably thinking joy somewhere. Emotions, you don't live by emotions. But Simon can come in here super sad and I say a bunch of funny jokes and now he's happy. We're like, how did that happen? That's because he's thinking a certain way. Does that make sense? So here's what Jesus wants to do. Is the truth of what you believe affect the way that you think so that you live a certain way? So when you see somebody living in peace, they know something that's affecting the way that they see things and process, right? That's why Jesus says, if your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. Because he's saying, when you see through a certain eye, when you see through truth, when you see through me, when you see your life the way that I created you to live, your whole body will be full of, tr- full of light. So from our heart and from our, mind, or from our hearts, truth can come and affect our mind and then we live a certain way. So now whenever I get in a situation where something comes that's not godly, something comes that's a mindset that doesn't produce life, it doesn't even have to be ungodly and sin. It can just be, hey, you're never going to get there. That mindset is demonic. Or hey, you should know by now is demonic. It's the devil speaking to you, saying that, oh, you should know by now, you should be here by now, all you know all these things, but now you're still not there. All that stuff is not fruitful mindsets. But when you understand truth, you're never going to let those mindsets dictate the way that you live. And that's why you're like, you have to think about what you're thinking about because the enemy can only attack you in your mind. And he'll attack your mind to get you to think a certain way so that he can affect the way that you're living. And ultimately, the whole thing is just so he shuts out that light so no one else sees it. Right? Because Simon can get, Simon can live the rest of his life feeling like he's never going to get there and he's never going to be anything for Jesus and he's never going to do anything for Jesus when Jesus is living on the inside of him wanting to get out, and all he's trying to do is just crush that light and put a basket over it so that no one ever sees it. And Simon's going to die and stand before the Lord, and he's going to accept him and love him because he always did. But Simon let thoughts and mindsets determine and dictate and keep him from freedom. And it's going to be sad. That's why the Lord's going to wipe tears from your eyes. Because you'll realize, you're like, man, what the heck was I thinking that crap for my entire life? Because the enemy is trying to keep people in a mindset, keep them in a, in a belief system to where no one, there's not fruit there. Does that make sense? So would you stand with me? I'll finish. <clears throat> would you just put your hand on your heart? I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, I just thank you, man, that you're revealing mindsets and, and, and uh, just even like identity, identities in us that we have been believing about ourselves that are not fruitful. Father, I thank you that when we get in situations that um, we get in situations that might try to affect our lives, affect our mindsets, affect our belief system, Lord, that you're going to speak clarity, truth, and shine light on those areas that are keeping us in bondage. Father, I thank you that wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, we know that the answer to our problems, we know that the answer to our, um, the answer to, to truth 
and freedom is found in you. So, Father, I just pray that not from the lens of condemnation and not from the lens of of fault-finding, but you begin to search our hearts and show us where ideas and mindsets and belief systems are keeping us from freedom. But, Father, I just pray that you just, we open the door and we just let the light in. We let the king of glory in. So that you can shine the light on areas that are not fruitful, Father, because you are passionate about our hearts. And Lord, in that, in that process, I pray that you start to draw us to you. And we realize that it might not, it doesn't have to take long, it just has to take sincerity on our hearts and our, on our parts. Father, and I thank you for a, a room full of sincere hearts. And I thank you for you doing what only you can do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys want to come pray? We'll have our, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll have our prayer team up here for anyone that needs prayer. Um, we felt specifically, did you feel where? Does anyone have pain in their lower, lower left side of their chest? Um, does anyone have that? Jared felt that specifically, like lower left side of your chest. Um, he doesn't know if it was lungs or heart um, or whatever. I don't know what else is over there on the left side of your chest. But uh, I was terrible at biology. My biology teacher just said, I said, am I going to pass this class? She's like, you won't be in this class next year. Just believe me that. I was like, okay, C minus. Um, <laughs> so if, you, if that's you and has pain on your left side of your, your, your body, just come up for prayer. We want to see you get healed. Um, but if you need anyone just to stand with you or just somebody to talk to, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have you up here. But other than that, we love you guys.